It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. resolved itself nothing personal word of the day for wednesday september 8th is a phrase resolved itself the injury has resolved itself that is an expression i never used in 18 years running a major league team with injuries galore because in baseball players get injured all the time like in all sports i guess but baseball i always felt that baseball players get injured way more often So many things can happen. So many crazy off the field injuries, on the field injuries. Baseball is just hard. It's hard on your body to play it every day. It's hard on your arm, the mechanics of pitching or throwing. It's hard on your legs, the mechanics of hitting if you're hitting the ball correctly. These players work out, but some of them are way too tight because they lift too many weights. I never was a big fan of weightlifting for baseball players, but they need strength. That's how they get paid. And then you worry about your pitchers because when you see the slow-mo camera and now the technology, I can look at every tendon and ligament in an elbow just by watching the slow-mo camera. We've got 10 of them around the ballpark so we can measure the angle and where you are on the rubber and what's happening with your release point and blah, yeah, yeah. So you throw a pitch and you see your elbow sort of move in a way that can't be good. Resolved itself is when you have an injury, you close your eyes, you stop playing baseball, you show up to the ballpark, you get rubbed. There's a bunch of trainers who rub your elbow and they rub your shoulder and you ice it and you heat it. And then you rub it. You get on some anti-inflammatories. We're very good at prescribing anti-inflammatories, not oxy or anything like that. Just Regular run-of-the-mill, I don't care that it's going to hurt your stomach and liver type of anti-inflammatories. I say that only half-jokingly. Of course, we don't want our players to be unhappy later in life. On the other hand, we do not prescribe anything without saying, hey, this is what you need to get better. Don't take too much of it. Only take what we prescribe and try to pitch through pain if you have to and know the difference between being injured and being hurt. Hard to play through injuries. People can play through being hurt and hurting. So I'm not going to talk about the Mets other than to say that they're the reason for the conversation because Sandy Alderson, the de facto president of baseball operations, took over the team after the most recent scandal involving the Mets baseball people, uh, not talking about the fact that they're going to hire someone else, not talking about the fact that the Mets are playing better, but still on the outside looking in, not talking about any of that, talking about that Sandy was talking about his best pitcher, his Cy Young candidate, his MVP candidate, Jacob DeGrom. Where's Jacob? Anyone heard from him recently? He's been out. O-U-T. 
And the Mets had a line that they would use. Very common line. It comes in the handbook for owners and GMs about injuries and what to say about your injured player. It's always important to lie about the nature of a player's injury because we really don't want other teams knowing anything about our players. Even when these players are signed to long-term deals and we're not going to trade them, we still don't want other teams to know the truth about the injuries because we have no great interest in getting held up if we go out and try to trade for a, a replacement. But of course, it never works because every GM in the game and every president of the game who has any modicum of experience doesn't pay attention to anything that opposing teams GMs say in the media or frankly to us in private conversations or in text. What we do know is you have to declare an injury when you put a player on the injured list. But what we also know is that we can say anything and get sign off from doctors who we employ and have that be the reason for the injured list appearance. Leg discomfort can be code word for torn hamstring. Forearm discomfort can be code word for Tommy John. Shoulder inflammation can be code word for torn labrum. And it, I'm not trying to be a doctor here, folks. I'm trying to tell you what we did and what teams do. So when you're listening to your favorite team's GM or president or owner, or you're watching the transactions or reading them, you will say, oh, I was listening to Samson that one day. And he said, there's no way that Jacob DeGrom's elbow could have resolved itself. He had a partial tear of the UCL. Now, we call that sprains. A strain of a hamstring. That just means a partial tear. A strain of the UCL, a sprain of the UCL means it's frayed, partially torn, but not snapped off like a piece of kindling. When you have a tear of the UCL, there's no recovery from that. You have to have Tommy John. When you have a partial tear of your UCL, you have to be Masahiro Tanaka in order to recover from that. But the likelihood is that you will not be able to pitch again without Tommy John. Remember, you've got Tyler Glasnow dealing with that right now from the Tampa Bay race. So Jacob DeGrom kept having injuries and the Mets said to us, as teams do, he's not ready to throw. His injuries resolved itself. We have no further updates. And when he was not pitching or he'd miss his turn or go on the IL, it would be, he's got a this, he's got a that, he's got a shoulder, he's got a forearm, he's got an oblique, he's got a hip, he's got a side, he's got a knee, he's got an ankle, he's got a finger. It all happens when you pitch from a problem in your elbow. And the problem in your elbow either is the precursor to other problems in your shoulder and body or the result of existing problems in your shoulder and body. Why? Because if your body is not operating how it is used to, mechanically speaking, you are going to create an injury. The best example for lay people as we are, and let's talk about running, which I do, if you have a problem with your hamstring and you try to run, you are going to change your gait. By changing your gait, you are likely to get foot problems, quad problems, glute problems. If you have a problem with a toe and you have a blister or you have some sort of soreness in your toe, 
and you try to run and you change from going toe heel to heel toe, you change your pronation in some such way, you're guaranteed to hurt something else, which is why as a runner, they say the best thing you could do rest, but as an obsessive compulsive runner, it's difficult to rest. But as I've gotten older, I've been able to understand that resting can have as good an impact on your body as running. The rest days are critical. When you are a pitcher, what you don't know, because you're told it by the trainers, but as executives, we have to stop pitchers from pitching when we see a problem, because we don't want them to hurt something else. So DeGrom started and stopped all season long. He hasn't pitched, and I don't know when, Coca, but it seems like a long time. Alderson says DeGrom is fine now. The ligament is perfectly intact at this point. Whatever condition existed before, it's resolved itself. That's impossible. Did he rest? And now he's totally fine. And if he's totally fine, why aren't you ramping him up? And if you're not ramping him up because you know there's no time to ramp him up in order to start games, but you could ramp him up to put him in the bullpen, which the bullpen is crushing the Mets, do you do it? If you're not doing it, it is proof, QED, that DeGrom is unable to pitch, and they are hopeful that he can avoid another Tommy John surgery which could be a major problem for a man who's got quite a few years left on his contract. He last pitched, let's figure this out. Two months ago, my guess is, when is it, Coca? July 7th, July, okay. This is exactly right. Jacob DeGrom has not pitched in the game since July 7th. Today is September 8th. That's two months. That's 60 days. When a pitcher is coming back from a 60-day disabled list, they have to start throwing off a mound. Then they've got to... First, they do a long toss. Then they throw off a mound. Then they do rehab starts. Some teams only let a pitcher who they want back to do one rehab start, maybe two, and then they bring him back in the bullpen where they get him up to 70 or 80 pitches to see if he can start again like the Red Sox did with Chris Sale. But with Jacob DeGrom and his injury history, no chance toilet pants. I've got to wait to see for you today. Wait to see when we tell you something's going to happen. And if it does, we revisit it. If it doesn't, we revisit it. Here's a way to see Jacob deGrom is not winning the Cy Young. He was favored to win it. He's not going to win the MVP. He was favored to win it. That's too easy. Jacob deGrom is not going to pitch another inning. He won't face another batter this season. We are now September 8th. When you run a team and you see the month of September upon you, and you've got your best pitcher who you were invested so highly in, and you know that you've got a very unlikely chance of making the playoffs. And if you do make the playoffs, you have an unlikely chance of getting the ring, even with luck. There's only two words to say. Shut down. Now, you do need the player's cooperation to shut them down. Although we're in charge of when we take a player off the injured list. However, we've had players come up to us and say, we're ready to come off the injured list. We've proven health. And the union then gets involved saying, hey, you can't keep them on the injured list. You got to put them back on the roster. And if a player is out of options or you don't want the player on your big league roster, you have to take them off the injured list and then put them through waivers to outright them to the minor leagues. And you risk losing them. So it's not out of the question that we delay removing players from the injured list 
for roster management purposes. But on the other side of that, there's players who have an injury who we rush back. We do a position change. We do something. We'll DH them. Not that we ever had the DH in the National League, but there are teams that will DH a player so he doesn't have to play in the field. Move a pitcher into the bullpen so he doesn't have to build up and start. All those things are true. Positional changes happen. It's what the Padres, the fading, reeling Padres did to Fernando Tatis. I was on no hit alert last night. Were you? Blake Snell, no hitter. Get ready to go on CBS Sports HQ. You awake? You ready? Against the Anaheim Angels? All right, no problem. It's over. He didn't get the no hitter. But more importantly for the Padres, they didn't get the win. They brought Fernando Tatis back from a separated shoulder that requires surgery. They put him in the outfield, and still it has not mattered. Fernando Tatis gave an interview saying, (laughs) it's a pretty good quote, actually. I will play shortstop again. Playing in the outfield is temporary. Get ready for it. I'm going to do a quick countdown. Three, seven, 69. Quote, I am ruling out having surgery on my shoulder. I have taken great care of my body and that has paid off. Dun, 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 Theme from the Bad News Bears. How about how about the processional theme in graduation? Na 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 I don't think that's it. There's some song that plays when you're walking down the aisle. And Fernando Tatis, I don't know if you are aware of this. Junior, not senior, got his medical degree recently, which is really cool. Congratulations. Not easy to get through med school and be an MVP candidate and be a professional baseball player. Like super hard. It's hard enough just to be one of those things. But Tatis is all of those things. He has decided that surgery has been ruled out. Where did he get that from? He didn't get it. Well, I know he may have gotten it from the San Diego medical team because God knows they've got as many scruples as I've got. (laughs) They have as many scruples as I've got dunk attempts in my life on a regulation hoop. I've attempted it. And then I strand a hamstring and can barely touch the net. The medical team of the Padres We know very well that they want their player back. They know very well that they are run by owners, the owners. They know very well that they're dealing with the franchise player. I know very well that there is no doctor who has a real license from a real accredited accredited medical school, not one, who has said to Fernando Tatis that we have ruled out surgery for your shoulder. Because the injury Tatis has every time results in shoulder surgery. Every time. No exception. Not one. Now, rules are made to be broken. Maybe Tatis is the unicorn. Maybe Tatis went to the doctors and said, hey, up yours. I'm not getting surgery. It's not as though he's playing for a contract. He got the contract. Now, could the team be saying to Tatis for ruling out surgery? We're just going to keep you going out there. We'll let you play shortstop again. Try not to dive into the hole between short and third or between second and short. And we're just going to keep going. No team, even the Padres, could be that irresponsible to want to play around with that type of injury because it does not, wait for it, 
circle the wagons, it does not resolve itself. I'm going to give you a yet another wait to see. I'm doing a double. I may even do a triple today. Number one, thanks for your comment that you're going to play shortstop again. Here's a surprise for you, Fernando. Not this year, you're not. Wait to see. You will not play a game at shortstop. Here's another one. Wait to see. You will have surgery on that shoulder. My advice to you from the beginning was to get it done now. The Padres have zero chance. I know that you went all in, bringing in Snell and Darvish and signing Machado, and you still have Hosmer and Will Myers and yada, yada, blada. You're going to have surgery. You may want to change medical schools. If you are looking for a doctor, I met a lot of good doctors over the years. There's some doctors who we know have a reputation. They want to get players under the knife sooner. Some doctors we know want to do everything possible to rest and rehab to avoid going under the knife. Some doctors will do anything that the owner wants. Some doctors will actually speak up to the president and then stand down when overruled. But if you are looking for a doctor, I know exactly where you could find one. LinkedIn. Because today, many businesses and their owners are busier than ever. They're focused on managing and growing their business. They can't always spend the time they wish they could on recruiting. Sometimes you can't spend any time trying to find people to help your business grow, help someone operate on your star outfielder slash shortstop. Find someone to wrap a ligament around your elbow. But that's why LinkedIn Jobs said, we're going to make it easier to find and hire the best candidates for your surgical needs. And it's going to be free. LinkedIn has a network of over 740 million professionals, some of whom are surgeons. It's a very simple process. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. And your first job post is free. So listen here, San Diego, you're looking for a medical doctor who's good. Your first post is free. All you have to do is visit LinkedIn, D-O-T-C-O-M-S-L-A-S-H-S-A-M-S-O-N. That's all you have to do, AJ. Again, that's linkedin.com slash Samson to post your first job for a surgeon for free. Terms, conditions, and malpractice insurance do apply. How was that read, Coco? We good? Do you have to do that again? Do you want to wipe that? Do you want to wipe that or we're good? Can we move on? Totally up to you. If you play the song, we're moving on. If you're silent, I'm doing the read again. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. You know what I want. That means the read for LinkedIn went well, though we'll know for sure if they re-up with us and send us some Sonos equipment. So you want to talk to Samson. Please get on Twitter, David P. Samson. Hit follow. I'm trying to get to six gazillion followers. To do that, I need you. One more. Get in my Twitter at my DMs, in my DMs, those are direct messages, and ask a question. David, love the show. Thank you. Last night, meaning last night, Jake Godorizzi went off about how he was being used. When you see a player do this in the media, how would you in your former role address it with the manager if at all? 
Thank you for the use of former, my former role as team president. How would I address it? What's the story here? Jake Odorizzi pitches for a team named the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros are a team that relies on analytics heavily in terms of letting pitchers go through the lineup more than once, more than twice. They set their batting lineup. They set their pitching rotation. They set their bullpen. It's all analytically based. They brought in Dusty Baker to be their manager after A.J. Hinch got fired and ended up in Detroit after serving his year-long suspension for slapping on garbage cans. Dusty Baker is my favorite manager of all time because right to my right, I've got rings thanks to Dusty Baker and his mismanagement of the pitching staff in 2003 with the Cubs. Total mismanagement. I think I'm going to show you the rings that I have from Dusty Baker. Don't go away. Seriously, we're not taking a break. Hold on. I'm totally back. You want to go to YouTube right now? Nothing personal with David Sampson. These, I'm showing you Florida Marlins, 2003 World Series champions. These are the rings. These are the rings that I have. Can you see them? Oh, you're seeing like a ring light. I don't know what that is in the reflection, but they're the rings. I'm putting them down now and I want to keep going as I thank Dusty Baker. What did he do wrong in 03? He pitched his pitchers so deep into games that we knew as his opponent that they were going to fade like Haley's Comet. Well, now managing for the Houston Astros, he doesn't have that ability because the front office says, excuse me, you'll be taking out Jake Odorizzi in the fifth inning every time. Are we clear? Are we clear? Crystal. But Jake Odorizzi's tired of it. He's very frustrated. Criticized the Astros for removing him from last night's game. He said, honestly, I think it's horse hockey. Nobody even talked to me. It's not like I just made my debut yesterday. I've been doing this for a while. It's extremely frustrating. Dusty Baker responded, I've tried to take him past that point, but it seems like something always happens at that point. When things keep recurring at the same time of the game, then it's time for us and everyone to face the music. We don't have time to experiment too much more during the season. It gets to that point. It's the second or third time in a row when he's been dealing early and then all of a sudden something happens. I know he's not crazy about coming out. Dusty, that's the wrong quote. Our analytics department has made it very clear that the best chance of winning a game is to turn over to the bullpen when Jake Odorizzi is pitching. Well, I understand his desire to throw complete games. I also know that he is signed to be an Astro and that it is our job to win, baby. It is not our job to get you bulk innings. It is not our job to not hurt your feelings. It is not our job to make you feel as though you can do your job or have done your job better. We have one job when we're running a team, and that's it, to win. So when I see these comments, because the head of PR would call me and say, Odorizzi, our starting pitcher just went off. It's happened to me. Our starting pitcher's angry and upset. I don't go to the manager. I go to the player. I don't need people to speak for me when I was team president. I go to the player and say, Jake, talk to me. What's the object of the game? What's bothering you? Do you understand the numbers we have? 
regarding your effectiveness. We know exactly what we're doing as evidenced by the success of our team. Are you in the boat or are you out of the boat? That's all I want to know, Jake, because you're replaceable. And I say this with love because I love watching you play. I love watching a pitch. I've said that to many players. What do you want to be? Are you with us or you're not? Do you want to be a Marlin? Do you not? Pay me and I'll be a Marlin. That's what they all say. They say that about the Astros too. So you're asking me a simple question of, would I go to the manager? The answer is I would definitely talk about it with the manager, but I would approach the player first. And then I would make sure the manager and the pitching coach understood that they've got to better communicate with the pitcher. There are teams that have specific moves that are preordained before the game even starts, which takes away the emotion part of it. I draw your attention to game six of last year's World Series when Blake Snell was dealing and Blake Snell was taken out of the game by Kevin Cash. Everyone was furious, despondent. You ruined it. You gave the Dodgers the victory, blah, blah, blah. Blake Snell, very angry and upset. If you tell Blake Snell before the game starts, hey, here's our pitching plan. Jack McKeon didn't like doing that because back in 2003, it was not all about analytics. It really wasn't anything about analytics. He did it very much with his gut. We would talk to him before a game about what we saw for that particular day, what we wanted out of that particular pitcher. But he had the flexibility, short of some calls to the dugout from time to time, to do what he wanted to do. So if you're pitching a great game, trying to win a World Series, and you want to extend Josh Beckett, and let him pitch the ninth inning and lose the game or win the game, I'm going to be okay with that when the bullpen's tired and it's deep into October. Totally understood. Would have been discussed beforehand, allowing a manager to have some sort of leeway. But those days are gone. So for me to go talk to a manager, I'm just informing the manager what's happening, that you got Odorizzi pissed off. It could be a sense of contention in the clubhouse. But I'm not going to the manager to say, hey, go hold Jake's hand. Go tell him how sorry we are. No, we're all grown men here. Okay. What do you think, Coca? I think we're going to go to commercial right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a movie. And there's a lot of movies going on on this subject right now uh, because of the date and because of the year. We're going to review um, uh, the, the 1069. When we come back, we're going to review a movie called Worth. Hang in there, please. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. This is David Sampson. Welcome to a Wednesday show, September 8th, 2021. 
We are three days away from the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I'm going to talk more about it later on this week or early next week. I'm not sure which show we're going to do it. Maybe Friday the 10th or maybe Monday the 13th. But I've talked a little bit to you about where I was, what happened during 9-11, my role and, and the role of Major League Baseball with 9-11. There's been some unbelievable movies made about 9-11, and I watched one last night that just came out on Netflix called Worth. Worth is with Michael Keaton and Stanley Tucci and Amy Ryan. Worth is about the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund after 9-11 happened, the government did not want any of the families of the dead to sue the airlines, United and American, for fear that it would put them out of business and hurt the economy. So they started this fund with federal money called the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund, and you had to apply to the fund, and then you were assigned an amount, and that is what your loved one who had died in 9-11 was worth. And the question that had to be asked by Kenneth Feinberg, who was head of the victim compensation fund lawyer, played by Michael Keaton, had to decide using a formula, maybe using his heart, less likely, that someone at the top floor of the World Trade Center making a million dollars a year for an investment bank, that family should get more than the person on the 80th floor above the fire where the plane hit who was a janitor making $30,000 a year. Do you take into account who had to jump off the World Trade Center to his or her death? Do you take into account number of children? Do you take into account family situation? Worth is about how do you evaluate the worth of a life? How do you measure a year? 525,600 minutes that's how long you get in a year. That's from rent. I don't know why that was in my mind. So during the course of the movie, I kept thinking about one part of the movie that was just incredibly hurtful to me. There was a next of kin represented in the movie. It was a man who had had a relationship with a man. They'd been together for years and years and years. And one of the members of the relationship died in 9-11. And the victim compensation fund could not give the surviving common law spouse money because it wasn't a he wasn't a common law spouse because they lived in a city state of Virginia where that was not recognized. There's so many things involved in trying to figure out the worth of a life. People use politics, people use money, people use net worth. I have a different formula. Isn't the value of a life what that person has done? Isn't it like the movie with Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep? It's called, it's with, it's, uh, oh God, is this happening to me? Coca, please. What is the name of the movie with Albert Brooks? and Meryl Streep, where they have to plead their case in purgatory. Uh, they, are, they are living their life. They're seeing their life, and they're at a trial where they have to explain why they're good people, which is why they get to go to heaven instead of hell. Look for any movie 
defending your life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wasn't there and I wasn't listening because my sound was down in my ear because you were yelling about LinkedIn in the read. Defending your life. I was thinking about defending your life when I was watching Worth. And I was thinking about people who should have the right to litigate their lives, not be judged by one bad thing, not be judged by current salary, not be judged by one bad action, but be judged by the overall life that they led, the difference that they made and however short their life was, regardless of what position they had in society in terms of economics or class system. And I was thinking through that while watching the movie and then the epiphany came. Everybody's life is worth the same. It's a zero sum game, isn't it? Just because a family got used to yachts and Robin Leach's lifestyles of the rich and famous, sometimes the spigot gets turned off because of death, because of lack of performance, because of writer's block, because of roles drying up, because of companies going out of business. There are myriad reasons why people go from making money to not making money. There are myriad reasons why people go from not making money to making money. Maybe someone who died in 9-11 who was making $30,000 a year was about to win the lottery two days later on September 13th, Thursday. So therefore, they should have their lottery winnings. How do you know? You can't project into the future what someone's life was and therefore what it should be. You have to have the exact existence you had. That's what I want in the divorce. I want to live the life I had. Well, it's not the life you had. Everybody's life changes. In death, everybody's life changes. Some would argue, including me, that it's harder on the people who survive once the death happens, harder on the person who's dying before the death happens. Brutal. But who am I or Kenneth Feinberg or anyone to have to measure a life in dollars? This philosophical existential question was asked in the movie and not fully properly explored. It is still a very good movie about 9-11, about what happened after, but it could have been more. It was missing a beat. And the beat is a further examination of what lives are worth. Check it out on Netflix, though. You know, it, it segues perfectly and transitions perfectly into our next subject, which for me is uh, an article I read about something that's going on in Macedonia, Minnesota. And uh, Macedonia, it's not Macedonia. It is Caledonia, Minnesota. Thank you. Caledonia, Minnesota, where we talk about how many movies have you seen where a factory leaves town? It was the whole reason for the town. And then the town goes to hell in a handbasket. We've seen Michael Moore do documentaries about it. We've seen when Amazon leaves a town or comes to a town, what it can mean for jobs or economic ability, recovery, sustainability. What happens when there is a bake-off between cities and certain cities choose to, do, to accept a new business into town and it truly does help? But then things get outsourced and the factory closes and that's the end. I just draw your attention to Flint, Michigan, as an example. Well, Caledonia, Minnesota is going through a real problem right now. Peter Seidler is the owner of the San Diego Padres that we talked about earlier in the show that we talk about a lot in this show. Peter Seidler took over as the control person from Ron Fowler this past year, trying to lead his team to the promised land by signing 
Abbott and Costello, hoping for the best. Peter Seidler owns a venture capital fund, a private equity firm, which basically means he takes his money and the money of others and invests it to make more money. One of the things they did is buy a company called Mikan. Mikan is a company that makes Major League Baseball helmets. You know, the helmets that have the ear flap, the helmets that have now the flap across your chin so you don't break your chin or your eye, et cetera. They also make youth baseball and softball equipment. The company was merged into Rawlings. Rawlings is the company that makes baseballs. They make baseball equipment as well. Rawlings is owned in part by Major League Baseball. Note. So Peter Seidler with Rawlings and Mikan said, why are we spending $4 million a year manufacturing Major League Baseball helmets in Caledonia and youth baseball equipment when we can do the baseball helmets, Major League helmets, where the rest of the Major League equipment is made by Rawlings in a factory in Missouri, and we can move all the youth baseball stuff to China where we have an existing plant and they can take our demand easily and we will save $4 million per year by outsourcing production. In the meantime, all that's going to happen to Mikan is that they're done. The town is basically going to shut down. Property values are going to decrease. The property tax roll disappears because the company was paying so much in property taxes because they had a big factory and plants and then people were living in houses. Now those people are out of jobs. They may move or if they stay, they're going to be unemployed because there's not enough employment in Caledonia to soak up all these newly unemployed people. And people are very upset by that. I would like to present to you an option of how not to be upset by that. And the way not to be upset by that is you can't look at it as though Rawlings and MLB has made a decision to ruin your town. You have to understand that as business owners, we have to look at the macro, not just the micro. We have to look at the health of the company. And I have to tell you about the number of people whose jobs are saved, the number of towns which are saved the number of factory workers because we are running a healthy company. It's a debate I get into often with people who get upset when firings are made or restaurants are cut or franchises are cut or outlets are cut or store locations are cut. And people say, why, why is that happening? Why are you doing that? I've got a responsibility to save a company that is greater than the responsibility to save you. I have a responsibility to save a company and make it more and more profitable, more than I have a responsibility to buttress you and your town. And that sounds awfully harsh, doesn't it? But if every business owner chose to save micro and every town and every person, do you know what would result? No town would be saved and no people would be saved. So instead of hurting one person in one area, you'd hurt 20 areas and 10,000 people. 
So these are the calculations that CEOs have to make. And it's not that I don't understand the disappointment of choosing the wrong town to live in or being in a town that is so reliant on one company. But the writing's been on the wall in Caledonia since this merger happened, since Rawlings took over. Everyone knew that Rawlings was going to eat up the Mike and factory and close it down. So isn't it your job to get ahead of that? Either talk to Rawlings about being willing to relocate to Missouri or learn a new skill and get a new job somewhere else. It's not as though people can't get new jobs. There are companies hiring left, right, and center, even ones using linkedin.com slash Samson to post jobs. If you want to work, you can find work. It may not be doing exactly what you want to do, but it's a start. Puts food on the table. But the blaming of Major League Baseball, the senators from Minnesota, the politicians, local politicians in Minnesota, calling out Peter Seidler, calling out Major League Baseball, fix this. You're going to lose a lot of fans here in Caledonia. Do you know what Rob Manford's saying to himself? Who cares? Now, publicly, he's going to say, we are going to do everything we can. We have done everything we can to let people know what was happening. We're going to offer job relocation services. But you know what the truth is. And that doesn't make Rob the commissioner or Peter Seidler, the owner, a bad guy. It makes them normal business people. We're 113 and 95. I told you yesterday if the Yankees lost that we had a way to see that the Yankees would then miss the playoffs. Did you remember me saying that? I had no idea that Garrett Cole would leave the game with a hamstring issue. I had no idea that Garrett Cole stunk, had one good start. What I do know for sure is that now we've got a live wait to see that the Yankees missed the playoffs. And guess what? The Blue Jays are only two and a half behind them. We're 113 and 95. I'm going to go against the Padres tonight because I believe you Darvish is pitching. But either way, I'm going against the Padres. I really don't like taking the Anaheim Angels because they're so bad. But that said, we're taking the Angels over the Padres. Hopefully, we're underdogs in this one. We should be. All right, I want to end the show with a quick story that you may have read that deserves a quick explanation for in the last five minutes here. We had a situation in the National Football League recently where a bunch of ex-players had been arrested and charged with basically healthcare fraud. Healthcare fraud is rampant in our country because people believe they found a way to easy money. And the way they found to make easy money is that Insurance companies are so quick to send out payments to doctors. They're so quick to send out payments to people because it's just running paper. And the amount they send out is so far less than the amount they bring in in premiums that it is open season for people who want to commit healthcare fraud. The problem is you get caught. You are cheating the system. And while they may be slow, they will catch up to you. Do you remember a player named Clinton Portis? Pretty well-known football player. Clinton Portis has pled guilty to healthcare fraud. He could serve 10 years in prison. And here's what he did. Just FYI. When you tell the insurance company that you're buying a piece of equipment, 
and the insurance company gives you the money to buy that piece of equipment, and then you don't buy that piece of equipment, you pocket the money and buy speakers for your car, or buy a patio for your home, or buy a car for your garage, you have broken the law. When you take money from an insurance company to buy something that is supposed to help you heal with a problem that you have, in this case, I think they were doing all sorts of equipment, including these hyperbaric oxygen chambers, because those are expensive, so you can get a lot of money. Clinton Portis filled out forms to receive money for equipment he never bought and he knew was not being bought. Guess what that leads to? Soap on a rope. He wasn't alone. There were about 18 or 19 players involved. All of you think that players get rich because they're professional players. You're forgetting about the fact that, how old are you? So these players retire at 32, 34. Luckily, if they're 36, most of them are 29. Are you retired at that age? 97 to 99% of professional athletes don't have enough money to retire. They have to get jobs in the real world. They have to do stuff. Like nine to five, what a way to make a living. And that can be a very difficult adjustment for many players. Some players get go back to school. Some players refuse to go back to school. Some players realize how much hard work it's going to take. Some players think there's an easy way out. Some players may not have been taught the difference between right and wrong, but that's not my fault. Just because you live a certain way doesn't mean you're going to get to live that way forever. Do you get the tie-in? to what happened in Minnesota. So many players I've come across believe that they will live the way they're living forever. And I talk to them and I plead with them, save money, please. Don't live like you're gonna make this amount forever because I guarantee you you're not and you will not find another job very easily that will replace your income, even if you're at the minimum. How many of you can go out and get a $600,000 a year a job? $600,000 a year job. It's hard to find, if not impossible. Clinton Portis has a problem, but so does the NFL and so do I. I believe that we need to do better with our retired players. A lot of collective bargaining talks about benefits, retirement benefits, pensions, trying to help out players. But at the end of the day, we fool you. We tell you that this collective bargaining agreement helps all these different players brings an extra hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to these retired players. But if we actually showed you the math of the benefits that each player gets, you would realize that everybody needs to do more. But at the end of the day, one thing stays true. It's just business. Good luck, Clinton. It's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.